back to the Beers and Steers podcast, episode one of the 2022 season, seventh season in a row. We are back. Um, my podcasting career is now twice as long as my personal relationship career. Goals. If that's not goals, I don't know what is. Kidding. Mm-hmm. Put it on the resume. I think seven years of podcasting deserves to be on the resume, finally. The first uh, yeah. four or five. Who, I think Webb might have been the one to ask me. He was like, at what point do you put this on your resume? I, was like, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think when we actually start making money. We hit the under on Webb mention one minute. Yeah, that's no kidding. Oh, God. We are back, though. We, we are, are back. so back, and it feels good. feels good to actually watch some football, to read some actual football points, to actually see some – stupid beat writers getting bent out of shape because Sarkeesian won't release a death chart. It just, it, it all feels good. I'll be honest. Um, it's been a long off season. There's been, it, we didn't, I didn't feel like we had a lot to talk or there wasn't a massive off season, mostly because of the lack of coaching changes that we are just so accustomed to and just yeah. seeing whole new offenses, whole new defenses and whatnot. I, I the recruiting this past year was probably the you know the best it's been I, I don't know since since when oh god probably the 2018 class that Herman was able to pull in where it was like every athlete out of Houston was going to Texas uh, still you you didn't get the number one overall guy number yeah. one overall quarterback number one overall running back all that okay we'll get into all that yeah you just you you kind of skipping ahead way I know I'm skipping ahead I'm getting excited first. John, as always, beer of the week. Beer of the week. Shout out Thomas Rochelle for making us do this. Um, I thought we were going to get away from having to do this, so I have to research a beer last second every time. We're going to go with, um, since it's been a while, we're going to go with Austin Beer Works mm. uh, since the game is in Austin. And I'm going to go with their OG beer, the Peacemaker. Absolute wonderful one. Uh, yep. Okay, let's get back to football talk. Going back, I mean, just quick points. Getting Arch was a huge deal. So random, like I, Tuesday Tuesday morning. <laughs> yeah, and he created his Twitter like a week before. Um, yeah, it's one of those. It was one of those things like when the boards like st- when all the stupid mesh boards like stop saying stuff. That's when you know like it's something's gonna drop. Remember that that happened for like Malik Jefferson and a few other guys. Um, but then they get Jonte Cook, then they get Cedric Baxter, you know, and then Baxter, I think is the last one that Malik Muhammad as well. Yeah. I mean, those four guys right there. Whew. And it, that safety out of Louisiana, like Derek Williams. Yeah. Yep. Random five star we were able to pluck from Louisiana. And they fought, you know, there are let's see, Stan Drayton left, the running back coach left, and then Tashard Choice came in. Yeah, people remember him, you know, the Cowboys former like backup running back and him and Brennan Marion, the old pit receiver coach, and they just absolutely raked in all these guys. That I mean, I don't know. It was fun to watch. You I mean you and I do not get hyped up about recruiting in a wall that much compared nope. to the you know, most UT fans that are in it this deep. And I feel like we were even pretty jacked up for it. Yeah, no, I mean, it takes a lot for you to actually text me about a recruit. And most, most all of those guys uh, received a text, you know, when, when we, when they committed, you sent me a text. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's exciting. I don't want to get my hopes up about these guys until they prove, prove themselves. And that includes Arch. That's what I've been telling everybody, you know, let, let the excitement be all and like, all the recruits that come with him. That's great. Let's make the kid prove himself, get on campus, stay healthy, win some big games and, no, it's a lot of momentum in the offseason that was very much needed in response to what a certain other university was able to do last year. So very, very, very big uh, momentum-changing uh, class. Also want to uh, give some shout-out, uh, a shout-out to, I think it was Phil Taffy. He's like a walk-on safety um, fellow if I gave a Delta as well. Supposedly he was just like the, the go-to guy when Arch was in. Um, town who he would stay with and who he'd hang out with so really? shout, out, shout out you phil you are uh you're a real hero yeah, um, he's a longhorn legend he's a longhorn legend <laughs> and then like transfer portal you know you get ajayi hall uh quinn obviously we'll get into that isaiah nayor who we'll never see uh 
Tucker Dorsey, Diamante, Diamante. Yeah, I like the DTD. That's much better. DTD is much better. Tariq Milton, but then no O lineman or D lineman, which is a little concerning. But it was just it, you know the way that oh this is like old man like well you know the transfer portals changed college football blah blah. blah. I'm like yeah, but I kind of like it. Like yes, you lose some guys, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's free agency, but it, I mean that's free agency is arguably the best part of any off season for pro sports. So like why not make it part of college? I'm okay with it. And I honestly feel like offensive line out of any of the positions is the most key thing to get in the transfer portal just from depth. Usually a fifth-year senior is coming to Texas to get some sort of weird master's degree. He's not the greatest one, but he just provides depth. Yep. Um, and so I agree that, that one kind of hurt to, yeah, uh, missed to on not a, get. Missed on a few guys there. Missed on Oshwan Mathis, the DN. But, of course, he played terrible last weekend uh, for Nebraska against Northwestern. So maybe yeah. that was a good miss. And then tying all of this in together is NIL, Longhorns f- with heart and pancakes for whatever, Longhorns. I don't know. I, I – it's still such a dust storm nil i don't know to understand it i somehow got on some like email thread basically asking if you wanted to be a part of like the longhorn collective or whatever but the minimum donation was 25 grand so i did so you're in so yeah I, I i did not do that unless this upcoming weekend that changes we'll get into that as well um <laughs> You have you've had a pretty cheap year. Come on, you, you yeah, it's, yeah, it's super cheap. Uh, get, have to get a quick quick baseball plug in. Yeah, um, I respect it. I respect it. That team they played really well. They beginning of the season, middle of the season, they did not look like you know beginning of the season. Sorry, they looked like the greatest team of all time. And John and I were already scheduling our trip to the Omaha Zoo, as we called it, to not curse ourselves. And then the middle of the season, they just started losing so many conference series and not playing great. We're like, oh, gosh, who knows what happened? And then, you know, you lose uh, – going back to losing um, – what's his name? Episcopal. Episcopal kid. What's his name? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Anyways. Yeah, that team, when they played LSU at Minute Maid, that was one of the most – crazy non-Omaha college baseball scenes I have ever seen. It was it was rocking, and we won that game, and then it all kind of went downhill from there. But I agree. Honestly, for that team to make it to Omaha, a testament to Coach Pierce for, I guess, doing that. I believe most Tanner people – Tanner Witt. Yeah, Tanner Witt. I think everyone had them out when they went down 1-0 and then, you know, deep into that game two out in East Carolina. To win that series and shut up a hostile crowd like that, Hey, I call that a victory. Uh, that that place our, looked nuts. Yeah, this was not our most talented team by the end of season. Uh, like you compare that back to the team we had two years ago, and like, yeah. wow, totally different. But honestly, I was really, I was happy with the run. Hurt to lose to A and M, but we were, we were definitely the the last team on the train to Omaha. If you know what I mean, like we yeah. we were the worst of the of the best. <laughs> it's it sucks that you know Pete and Gordon they pitched so well, like middle of the season late and then they you could tell they were just too many innings too many too many yeah. pitches and it, they were just losing it and it sucks to kind of see them run out of gas but man that was fun and i like what I, the program's doing though three out of five years in omaha it's a huge yeah. improvement for what we had when we were in school so you know we got maybe i got lucky with one of those trips but hey and that's like that saturday game in at ecu was like one of the most fun games to watch you know going up and all it was just it was it was entertaining entertaining i'll say that transitioning to the other program or i guess the only other program that actually makes money within the, the university um athletic program that is volleyball schools um moody's moody center opened up that's exciting I think, bless uh, the mood i think it uh looks did you sick. see I'm that video excited. yes yes it's a i've i've not been inside i've talked to a few people that have and it looks or they've said it was it's as advertised very nice very yeah. well done. No, I, I, I look forward to the uh, – I hope the powers that be are creating uh, an atmosphere for basketball, but look forward to events there, you name it. It would be fun if they were able to open up all those bars and try to create like a scene during tailgate, you know, whatever that street is in between the track stadium yeah, and the football stadium. Open that up and like let everyone go in and out of the basketball. So I would assume they probably would not do that, but probably it would be fun not. if they did that. Probably not. Um, I think they're probably going to wait until actual basketball starts and then. Yeah. Anywho, really that's the random offseason talking points. Um, I guess I got to go and I will spiel here. We're going into uh, 
what I would argue is best time of the year. Do you agree? I would, I would definitely agree. Cooler days are ahead. Um, Such beer. What? Did you just open a beer? No, I did not. I'm, no, I'm like saving it. it for this weekend. We'll get, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, baseball playoffs are coming up. You don't know anything about that. Nobody watches baseball. Yep, weddings are coming up. Always fun in the fall. Shall what? Uh, every once in a while, checking over your shoulder to look to make sure it's not a hurricane coming to Houston. You know, I saw this the first year. This is the longest we've gone. We is in like a collective human race, I guess. <laughs> a society. Yeah. <laughs> have gone without a tropical like formation in, in a year. Yeah. I mean, knock on wood, uh, we've made it pretty. That's pretty made landfall, the season I guess. Without any, any issues. Uh, but best part, waking up on Friday morning, looking at your phone, reading Tim Taylor's email, forwarding on to friends, going out to the office for a little bit, acting like you care on a Friday, and then talking to everyone, leaving Friday, waking up for game day, and just the weekend is awesome. So I just love, love this time of year. Exciting to be back. Obviously, um, winning would make it better, but <laughs> super excited that we're, we're back in this time of year. Winning makes everything better. Yeah, no, it's getting to be a hectic, very hectic um, fall and winter for uh, about five different reasons. All good reasons, but yep. I don't oof. think Texas football is going to be one of those good reasons. But we'll get to that. Oof. Let's hope so. Um, um, other other item, go ahead. I'll let you take that. I, I, oh, we we would like to initiate something new this year. Um, we would like to initiate actual weekly guests to join us on the Zoom call, not just us randomly calling someone and putting them on the spot. Uh, we're probably going to contact the first few on our own, but I'll go ahead and open it up. If you want to be on, let us know. I have a feeling a lot of people will want to get on or say they want to get on and then not actually follow through. So please be able to, you know, commit 30 minutes on a Wednesday or Thursday night. Yeah. Tuesday, and, uh, Wednesday, Thursday. Make it happen. John doesn't like Thursday because that's date night. But um, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna try and make that a little a little more fun this year. And I don't know, we've got a. I think I've got a few tricks up my sleeve that I forgot to talk to you about. Maybe we could get a, a few walk ons um, to come on at some point too this year. But please let us know if anyone's interested. Um, if you have a my podcast mic and you live in the Dallas area, I will gladly drive over and give you one to plug in as well um so hopefully awesome. we can also, get something fun, fun out of that yeah no we we really appreciate not having to listen to each other we'd love to get some other opinions and some other people listening because other people are on um but also appreciate anyone volunteering to help with uh, marketing because apparently we're <laughs> we've lost a, a our cmo is on garden leave yeah we, we've got a little bit of an issue uh internally that we're working through with hr but uh <laughs> you know we would appreciate someone stepping up other than significant others so um last item before we get rolling um shout out to the week is gonna be a new thing we're gonna do this year i guess we're gonna try to do it and my shout out this week is Stuart being engaged um as most people who listen to this are well aware Stuart is engaged and getting married in november chose the one weekend of, it's in october but thanks for listening whatever uh chose the one weekend of the year when texas school doesn't play but we will be recording or trying to record during uh, his honeymoon so we're going to work through those kinks but we, we will be recording um week of the honeymoon i will be taking the podcast here with me to uh, british Heritage island that it will go unnamed um yeah no that's it's a lot a lot of things changing as i mentioned in the the front it might be uh two times only half the podcast career but uh, just as strong, I'm excited. You can say nice things about her. It's okay. Lots of lots of uh, lots of good things happening. We're sitting in our new house together, the whole nine. So yeah, good. This is growing up, as uh, to quote Blink One Eighty Two. Life life changes. It's great. Life life finds a way. You can't be on the benefit program until you're married, though. Just to be clear. Let's uh, all right. Let's let's get into some actual football talk. Start off. I did this last year and I wanted to keep it doing it again. I, I think it's just going to be from here on out called Stewart's yearly kickoff rant um, because that sounds like a ball, a bunch of marbles falling out of my mouth. But last year during this segment, I was talking about how we, we've become so comfortable B 
being uncomfortable as Texas football fans. And I wouldn't say last year was as comfortable as maybe years in the past due to the lack of uh, coaching turnover at the end. We talked about what, what do you say to that six game losing streak? What did you say to that about losing to Kansas at home and overtime to a third string tight end giving up and you feel, do you feel better about this season? Do you feel more comfortable? No, I like being bold and dumb, but I, I think I have a little more clarity and yeah, part of that's probably just being a battered fan syndrome or lack thereof, but I, I'm not feeling too confident with this team compared to most fans to our peers. Your, your quarterback, our quarterback is 18 years old and should be riding the bench getting ready for next year when you're hopefully in a real conference. Your defense was soft and exposed by multiple inferior offenses last year, and 70% of those starters from last year are back. So sell me. Sell me this pin of improvement and quality of play. Yeah, that QB I just shit on is the highest-rated Texas high school quarterback to come, ever come out. You arguably have the best running back in the country. Your left tackle is one of the best O-line recruits Texas has gotten in 30 years. Your phenom freshman wide receiver from last year has two other guys on the field with him that will be competing for the same amount of touches. You lost your worst defensive starters at safety and linebacker last year. Luke Brockemeyer, you know I love you, but I got to say it. And lastly, you just hired one of the best defensive minds in college football to be an analyst for a team. Um, and that has made his money turning up pieces of crap into absolute studs and turning lemons straight into lemon vodkas. Now I ask one more time, do you feel comfortable or uncomfortable? Great speech. Something to think about, John. Yeah, the Gary Gary deal, um, I, I look forward to – I guess we'll never really see, like, him on the field, right? He's probably just going to be up in the box. No, but, well, when dude Sarkeesian gets fired, he'll be on the field. <laughs> I look forward to seeing what his role is on game day, if anything. You won't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 a, that's a good point. You, you know, you – those analysts, like, what what is he actually doing? And I think a good bit is scouting um, the opponent defense and scouting our defense, you know, through tape from pre from practice that week and saying, hey, this is what I would do. You know, if I was playing this type of offense, this is how I attack it, you know, both sides of it. I have a feeling that's what the majority of his time is, not like teaching individual drills, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, you don't really see him on many of the, the – practice session videos or whatever but you know everyone was the fear is the too many chefs in the kitchen type thing but i, I don't think that's going to be the case i think he very much is in a consultant role that is um yeah he's a gun and, for hire yeah and just assisting and i hope it has an impact because my god our defense is terrible <laughs> <laughs> okay let's get uh, let's get do uh some overview offensive overview john uh why don't you start? Just kind of general general thoughts. What do you want to see? Yep. Concerns, all that. Well, it's exciting. We have a quarterback this year. I remember last year. How oh, well really? You've seen him play? We're trying to like actually – or last year we were trying to make it that Casey Thompson and Hudson Carr were actually good. Remember that? Mm -hmm. That was funny. We are all like, oh, no, one of them is good. They're competing. They're both really good. No, they're both horrible. So uh, that's exciting. You know, uh, I think he – Yes, there's the youth concern. There is the rush from not playing since the 6A championship in 2020 or 2019, whenever it was. Um, but the kid can throw the ball and put it anywhere on the field. So I'm excited about that um, athleticism at the position. I'm a little concerned thus far in terms of his – he's kind of a quiet dude, um, how, how it's going to play out if there is success and if there is failure how I guess the media, I guess, continues to attack him for not being a leader at, 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 I guess, at his age. But most importantly, we've got an athlete at the position. We've got some receivers, sucks, losing there. Um, you know, my biggest concern, if anything, um, there's no point in even talking about Bijan yet, but the biggest concern, and you're going to go on and on about this, is the offensive line. Um, it was already a concern with Angelal being in and now with him being out for the whole year. I mean, it is, it is a very youthful group that is very unproven and if Quinn isn't given given the time to do what he needs to do or do what he's able, capable of doing then we're just wasting his talent so um I think they're going to put some points up this week 
but I'm very concerned when we actually face a good defense, what uh, that offensive line is able to hold up against. Yeah, I completely agree, especially when it looks like you're going to have a freshman um, left tackle in uh, Kelvin. It's probably better than anyone else on the team. Uh, offensive line, that is. That's true. That That is like the one thing is that the cream rises to the top and he's definitely rising to the top, you know, in that, in that regard. And that he's going to be, you know, hope so, probably starting. I mean, going back to the depth chart thing, which was so stupid, but he's, he's most likely going to be starting. If not, he's playing a ton this first game. I guess you, I wouldn't really call even this week outside of like Quinn the quarterback. Like if you, Whoever starting it doesn't really mean anything until next week, which you know everyone knows who that is. So, but yeah, Kelvin Banks and then Hudson at left guard, Majors at center. It looks like it was looking like Angle I was going to be the center, but now that he's hurt, it's looking like it's going to be Majors, which I'm okay with. Um, I I think the bigger question is who's that right tackle? Uh, Banks is young, but he's obviously skilled. You know, is Christian Jones, are we going to slug through another year of that? Or what about Carrick? Or one of the other guys, Devin Campbell, uh, Nito, I can't pronounce his last name. You know, I'm scared too. Yeah, it's very young. And we've ranted about years on this, about the lack of O-line. I heard from basically a kind of a source who's watched some uh, practices and – scrimmages this training camp and he basically reiterated reiterated yeah these freshmen they're really good but i don't think what people realize enough is how bad everyone else is the upperclassmen are not good i mean it yeah. go look at any georgia bama whoever the past three or four years you know they're starting <laughs> starting left left tackle wasn't a freshman <laughs> wasn't a true freshman yeah that, so, that, yeah on paper that's extremely concerning Right. Uh, I think you. I think you said Cole Hudson twice, but Hayden Connor was a left guard, right? Oh yes. Yeah, sorry, what did I say? You said Hudson twice, so you did yeah. Hudson in both guard positions. Excuse um, me. So yeah, you have a freshman on both sides of the ball and a guard on the left side who is very unproven. So very unproven, but he seems to be an absolute just meatball. You know, wants to absolutely crush people. Yeah. And um, from what we've seen from in, uh, in Hayden Connor, he's supposedly a super smart kid and knows the the offense really well, and they want him next to uh, Kelvin to coach him up and kind of point him in the right direction, which I'm always always for that. Um, other, you know, other outside of that, losing Nayor, you mentioned was a huge especially because you, you, Whittington's going to get hurt again and you're going to need some depth there. And I, I don't know if there, there is really much depth after that. We haven't seen much from Casey Kane. Troy O'Mary's got the leg thing that he got hurt with last year. I mean, then there's, you know, Jaden Alexis, Savian Red. There's a lot of guys that are really, really unproven after that. Um, I, I'm just – I'm worried. Hall who's getting parking tickets. We, we don't know what he's doing right now he'll play at the utsa game that won't they just won't play versus bama probably i mean he got arrested for a parking ticket like one game <laughs> i think fine uh, he had two parking boots on his car like how does yeah that... and he he like smashed them off uh Bijan, we know what he's gonna do hopefully behind this o-line he can still do it roshan we saw what he could do kansas state can we see another running back can we see a keelan or jonathan brooks or Jaden blue one of those guys step out i don't know i think they're all going to get a fair amount of uh touches especially in this yeah. first game oh well, we Here's, skipped over uh Jatavion. i'm excited about that yes I mean, that's, yeah that's you know a long time coming and i'm hoping it proves to be worth i mean he, he was what a high four star, maybe even a five star. He was five star, and then yeah, with him and Billingsley, you're going to see a lot of twelve personnel, which is old school football guys will like the formation when we're throwing out of it way too much. They may not like it as much, especially if we're getting sacked a decent amount. But regardless, yeah, no tight end play is probably the best it's been, and whew, true tight end play, not like Andrew Beck, Alex De La Torre, tight end quote unquote play. Um, 
here's my here's my pessimistic question for the offense. I'll set the over under of games that Quinn gets pulled in. Not oh, that's what that was. I was wondering. Okay. Yeah. Over under Quinn gets pulled. Not you're up by thirty and card goes in pulled could do to poor play at one and a half games. What do you what do you take? That's a hard one, man. That that is like kind of vague in terms of how you define it too, but right but you know I, what i mean it's like yeah no, it's I like when the government think, defined porn you you see it you know it when you see it moving on uh <laughs> so i golly i mean maybe him but why would they put hudson in and ruin confidence i think it's i'm gonna take the under just to be like optimistic that's a true freshman i know he's not but he is god hudson carter so bad but yeah I, <laughs> That's a really good point. I thought you were saying he was going to be done after a game and a half. I was like, no, 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 no. Just pulled. Yeah. Like, you know, Casey Thompson, oh, my thumb hurts, quote, unquote, pulled. That Yeah, I mean, my gut wants to say I like, go over because it just makes sense on what we've been through in the last year. But I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I hope he shuts you up and you're wrong. So, I hope so, too. Go under. Uh, okay. Anything else on offense you want to head over? Uh, I mean, Bijan is what he is. I just I hope he has an unbelievable year. He deserves it. Uh, I hope he stays healthy, and I hope he gets all the accolades that he deserves. I mean, the guy's just a genuinely good person and came to a university that absolutely sucks in terms of a program. So I hope he gets gets all the accolades and has a good year. Very much agree. Uh, all right, defense. I I am actually more bullish on the defense than I think most people are the core the linebacker core that we have is very very good from what we've come from and what we've seen the past 10 years I think I think the emergence of DTD as well as Jalen Ford who really started playing well towards the end of the season last year and it's kind of the middle guys the same in the mic and allowing uh Overshawn to play outside play off the edge a little bit more just brings a whole nother dynamic to this defense i'm very excited about their play from the d-line perspective i'm heavily watching tavandre uh ojimo and Ovi. i've got to see more out of them because there's so many young guys behind them that are just begging and probably better and you know baron sorrel broughton alfred collins you mentioned keandre in the first group yeah i'm Keandre's in there with like sweat as well in those guys as well. And that I, he's just fallen off and I need to see something yeah. big. And remember we kept on saying this last year and it just never came. And it was just like the most frustrating thing in the world. Cause you'd yeah. seen them play well, you know, in prior years or prior games, whatever. And they never got better. They just got worse and worse each week. <laughs> it was, it was, it was awful. Um, I think yeah. our corners are going to be filthy between Deshaun Ryan Watts, Terrence, Terrence Brooks, uh, Golub, Gulibu, I can't pronounce his last name. They're going to be filthy. I think this would be a very, very good corner um, team, and it looks like we're going to be playing a little more press on the, you know, on the receiver from a corner standpoint. Which, yeah, you're going to give up a few big bombs here and there, but I like it. You're playing aggressive. You're not playing the soft like uh, Chris Ash. You know. F- five yards backpedaling at the stop start of every single snap. Now safeties might be a little bit different of a question. Anthony cook getting rotated, pushed back to the boundary safety. And then Jaron Thompson staying in the field safety with John a Barron, who supposedly had a really good camp, but I still need to see some more, you know, from him. And then Kitten Crawford kind of lurking and, filling in wherever it needs to be. I bet we see a lot of rotation from those guys, especially against Bama. That's that's going to be kind of a turnstile. But in general, I think this defense is actually going to be pretty, pretty, pretty dang good compared to years past. Um, well, I don't know where your optimism came from, but okay. I, I think they were put in tough positions last year a lot due to the offense and yes. due to game – uh, and that's game. part of it. 
why I feel better about it. Yeah, I mean, there was some in-game decisions by Sark that were like, what? That made time of possession a huge issue throughout the year. Like right. every game, it was so evident, um, which that's concerning from a higher perspective. But I think there was definitely some things that worked against them last year. Uh, but when they they still were like literally, the, I think it was like in the hundreds in terms of total defense, they – Never forced. I think they forced maybe 15 turnovers a whole year. Uh, mm-hmm. And they couldn't create any pressure on any quarterback. So there was a lot to fix there, which makes me very concerned about uh, what they're able to put together with, with I guess, what I would say is very similar uh, guys out there. But, um, you know, maybe uh, Gary is able to make – what did you say earlier? Pulls a phrase out. Gary was able to turn what into what? Lemon into lemon vodka. Yeah, maybe he's able to do that. I, I just, I'm very concerned about the defense. I think they're going to get destroyed by Bama. We're not going to get. Not gonna okay, get well that well, uh, yeah. and I just I, I don't see how the D backs. I mean, stand up. I mean, Anthony Cook being now a safety. Like what? <laughs> uh, I think he's fig- physical enough to play safety. I don't know if he's fast enough to play safety. Yeah, I'm glad BJ Foster's finally gone. That was oh. a disappointment. How, did you see Brendan Schooler made the 53 man for the Patriots? Yeah, I did. Probably just How like, in the fuck does that happen? He's going to like play kickoff and he's going to run down the field and just destroy people every PJ time. PJ Locke is still in, in the league. Yeah, but dude, there's actually a decent amount of our, our corners that were horrible at Texas that got drafted and have made a little bit of a like they've signed second contracts. That's pretty impressive. Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd just signed a big contract. Caden Stearns. Caden Stearns. Brandon Jones didn't – I mean, him. he's still on his rookie, but you know what I mean. Uh, what was that guy's name? Uh, oh, God, the, the corner from Houston. That was – there was one that Elliot? sold weed and then – Deshaun Elliott? No, no, no. Well, whatever. He put on like the Vikings or something. That's whatever, it doesn't matter. Chris Paul. Yeah. 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 There you go. That's what I said. Okay. I don't listen. But yeah, uh, no, I think it's uh it's gonna be a, a very much a whoever can make plays. And I just hope that Gary's able to schematically put this defense in a place where they're not absolutely pointing at each other and flexing every time they freaking make one good play I, in a game. Like if Deshaun I, if Deshaun Jameson tips a ball and then flexes again, I'm gonna get <laughs> off the field. Just get off the field. You yes. suck. I think that PK is honestly a very, very good coach. And, yeah, his defense just got put in some pretty crappy situations last year, and yeah. he had no pass rush, which I, I understand that, like, pass rush can be, like, dialing up blitzes and all that. But at the end of the day, like, a coach really can't I, – I don't know. I feel like a, a pure, like, DN, like, pass rushing specialist or, like, an off-the-edge linebacker, like, hopefully Overshawn could be, isn't – like the most coachable like type of player like those guys just are or they aren't you know right. and we had none of that last year so I, i'm i'm gonna put my faith in kukowski and yeah a little bit of gary and hey blake gideon too why not we'll throw him in there yeah okay, he needs, this, to, this, he needs to step up or bo uh, what's her what's her d-line's name bo. who was yelling at the yeah. players that they were uh, soft ass bitches yeah i know the big dude kind of I almost argue kind of fat. Whatever. Uh, I, I yeah, I think I Coach I mean, Kwiatkowski, he's he's kind of he's walking a fine line. Unfortunately, he needs to. I mean, if he struggles, then they fire him midseason, and Gary just takes over the position. You know what I mean? Like that that that's a a scary situation internally amongst the coaches. But definitely, I, I think uh, hopefully, hopefully we don't get to that point. But I, I, writing's on the wall there. Yeah. All right. Uh, now let's really make some stupid uh, predictions. I, I love how both of us are pessimistic and optimistic, and we both have the same amount of wins. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's pretty funny. And so, with the same exact teams. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, so I'm going to go seven wins. So hitting the under that most people are seeing at eight and a half or seven and a half, whatever they're getting. Eight and a half, um, eight, yeah. Yeah, I just don't see it, man. I, I, I think this team is still um, a couple years out in terms of, of true development and being competitive. The defense concerns me a lot. 
I think they're going to put points up throughout the year. They're going to have those good games like in the Cotton Bowl where they play well. Um, but obviously you're going to probably have to, you know, drink the poison on week two and just get absolutely destroyed by Bama. It is what it is. Uh, I think you struggle in Stillwater just because that program has dominated us for the last decade and a half. I think Baylor's got a decent team, so they take us at that, that Thanksgiving game or whatever it is around mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. Yep, Thanksgiving. Uh, and then I, I struggle between going to Lubbock and going to Manhattan, and I just I ended Rare up taking – things happen. Yeah, I ended up just saying, okay, you know what? Fluky things happen, and we always beat Tech. You know, like that, that game two years ago where it was like an onside kick got us back in the game. And it just – we always find a way to either like – Kill Tech, or except for one really depressing game in 2008 when they beat us, but they they always Tech always finds a way to trip up. So, uh, but Kansas State does not. So I think K State gets us. So that's our four losses: Bama, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and K State. Those were not in order, but um, I think K State would have been before Baylor. Yeah, no, I'm the exact way. I'm Bama, Oklahoma State, uh, K State, Baylor, and then my kind of flip-flop i don't know one of these two is a loss i really don't know much about either team is either west virginia or iowa state i know iowa state's got a new quarterback west virginia's got that new keaton slovis i think that neil brown's a good coach too it's just west virginia's just kind of hard but i think the funny thing is is that we both said seven wins um we both said pretty much the same teams that you're losing to but we both think that we're going to beat OU. i know what, what is that what <laughs> i is don't that? know is I that just a rational just- conference that or it's just because we you know play well in that game i i, I have no idea well i is because lincoln riley's gone and invitable is just gonna it's year one that's my where my confidence comes from but we also find a way to lose that game so but i don't know we're, we're gonna win it we it's did right. last year yeah uh okay bold any bold predictions team yeah, individual wise i'm going way against what we were talking about earlier i think quinn throws for 3500 yards that's uh be second most all time behind colts in 2009 uh be barely beaten out sam in 2018 i just i mean it's pretty heavy with especially with Bijan being back there but i'm just gonna be be very very positive that this offense clicks and we're throwing the ball like crazy and yeah, he, that's my bold he, prediction. If he throws over for 2,500 yards, I think I'll be. Uh, I disagree. Uh, Casey threw for 2,300 last year. That's pretty easy to get to. Okay, maybe maybe three then. Um, yeah, I think I've, I touched on it earlier, but I think DeMarvion coming off the edge, I think he's going to have, you know, over double-digit sacks on the season, which may not seem like a big, giant, bold prediction, but I, I, I like it. Relatively speaking. Relatively speaking. Um we had 20 total last year. Yeah, I know. That's 1.6 per game. But that was like the absolute worst. I mean, pass rush we've had how – I mean, how long? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, is Kai Money still on the team? No, I think he graduated. Probably like aeronautical engineer or something. He's probably working for like Guggenheim up in uh, – New York or something. Uh, yeah, no, hope I hope he doesn't touch the field, and we don't need to have any of those kind of players on the field, like Brennan Schooler. You know, those guys need to be gone. Oh, freaking Brennan Schooler! Nope, he's still on the team. Um, Kai Money's still on the team. Yes. Oh, I said he better not touch the field. It's not very nice to the junior biology major from South Padre Island who went to St. Joseph Academy. Um, uh, Big Twelve predictions, just quick. I. I think it's Baylor and OU with Baylor coming out on top. Man, they are they put together. I think that shaping kid is actually a decent quarterback, not that bad. And Aranda's just a proving, really proving himself as a pretty damn good coach. And uh, God, what's that defense or that offensive quarter's name? I can't remember him, but he's done a great job. He's he was a candidate for the Broyles or top assistant in the year. I think the past two years, they got a good program kind of coming together and it's not fun to watch but yeah i think they uh upseat baylor or you know upset ou and vegas and i've everyone else who thinks he's going to win the big 12 and repeat and uh take it home yeah i got baylor oklahoma state i think okay state wins bedlam goes to the uh, championship game and uh beats baylor playoff predictions this one I don't know. I think Bama's an easy, the easy one in there. 
Ohio State, I kind of struggled with because I the, the, I just remember just that Michigan game and how soft our defense played really gave me pause on the on adding them. But I'm gonna keep them in there just because of Stroud and Jackson Smith, uh, Najigba. Like that offense is going to be foof, filthy. And if I had to pick on a a guy to win the Heisman, it's probably Stroud. I mean, I think that's chalk, but man, he he is really freaking good. And then I'll go back with Georgia. They returned a decent amount of starters on defense, even though they lost like six to the uh, NFL. The guys they return are pretty salty. And then my sneaky kind of, that's you know, really hard to do after winning a such a big win last year to try to get the team back up, though. Hey, Georgia. Yeah, I I said make it. I didn't say they go back to the to the ship and then my cincinnati michigan state sneaker team uh four seed i think is going to be the u i saw they return like 75 percent of their production or something crazy acc is super weak they play AM I think week three they win that game and they basically have to beat clemson and they're in the in the playoff they play AM this year yep week three I think in it's College Station. I think it's in College Station. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, so they they win that game, and yeah, beat Clemson. I think the next closest team is like Boston College or something. Maybe uh, they're they're not going to ACC is pretty weak. So I I like Miami getting in there, and then championship. I'll say Buckeyes over Alabama again. So uh, I guess similar in nature of the, the the heavyweights, Bama, Ohio State. I'm actually going to say before I go into this, I think every team is going. There's not going to be an undefeated team this year. I think every team is going to lose a game. Um, I have Utah and Clemson as my three four. Mm. I don't really like that Utah pick just because everyone else is doing it, but I just did it because I was like, I want to be different and go with a Pac-12 team. So yeah, that's a. Uh... Well, who do you wait? Who do you have in the championship? Uh, I guess it just uh, oh, gross. It'd be Bama, Ohio State, and Bama wins. Mm. Real original. Yeah, I know. That was just off the cuff there. I didn't, I didn't actually think about after my top four what was going to happen. I don't know, man. I'm just happy that we're talking about football. Yeah, I'd begin. I think, I, I think it's going to be a weird year. I don't think there's going to be an undefeated team. I think everyone's going to lose. I think Ohio State trips up at like a you know random Purdue like night game. I do like the Utah pick. I think they're gonna absolutely crush Florida this weekend. Yeah, I just like really like that. I like that coach Whitting Whittingham or Whittingham. Yeah, and yeah, I like him a lot. That Rose Bowl was tough to watch because they came out and just were firing on all cylinders to start, and then just couldn't couldn't get it going. Or, you know, just kind of lost steam. Yeah. Uh, games of the week already. Cincy at Ark. Why does it say Cindy? Uh, yeah, no, Cincy- I was wondering if that was like a joke I was missing. You did it uh, twice. I did because it, it fucking autocorrects. Cincy at Arkansas. Arkansas is minus six, 230 on ESPN. Cincinnati loses uh, Desmond Ritter and one of the. Oh, we didn't even talk about ULM. Oh, yeah. Wait. We're playing a game this week. I'll just go to games a week and then we'll go. Uh, the last game of the week will be our, our game. Cincinnati okay. lost Desmond Ritter and Sauce Gardner. Arkansas returns that KJ Jefferson, that tight end who somehow plays quarterback and absolutely torched us. Is this going to be a big, you know, year for Arkansas? Sam Pittman was kind of the darling last year of you know the plucky underdog who ended up playing well. Um, can they do it over again? I don't know if they're ready to really unseat anyone in the SEC West. They're they're still the third best team, maybe even fourth best team in that. Side of the conference, so but I do like them against Cincinnati this week. I think uh, Cincinnati very well coached with uh, what's his name, the old Ohio State D lineman. Um, but they just lost, they lost too much last year was their year. Uh, yeah, I I think Arkansas being at home, maybe I don't know if it's in home, home or home number two, whatever it is that they have. Uh, I can't remember. Regardless, I agree. Arkansas wins and covers. Oregon at Georgia. I say at, but it's in, well, it's in Atlanta for the uh, Chick-fil-A kickoff ball. So, basically a home game oh, for Georgia. Chick-fil-A sounds really good. Yeah, it does. Uh, Georgia is my 17, 230 and ABC. 
Stetson, the frat bro with the worst haircut in the world now, is back. It's probably probably the worst ever returning starting quarterback from a natty winning team from the prior year. I can't think of a one that's like even worse than him. Uh, Georgia mentioned they lost a lot of guys on defense, but still have Ringo. Oregon lost their coach, Mario Cristobal. Um, no Barry quote? Okay. That's fine. Sorry, uh, I actually wasn't paying – what did you say? I wasn't paying attention. I said Oregon lost their coach, Cristobal. <laughs> Hi, Barry. 50, 50, 50, Cristobal. Oh, man. Oregon, 50, 50, 50. Oregon returns – some good defensive starters that I think it's Noah Sewell. He's like number one. He's like their middle linebacker. He is an absolute freak. He's going to be really fun to watch. I can't focus now. Man. I like the under in that game. It's at like 54 or something. I like the under in that game. The Best game of the week right here. Best game of the week, even though it's a 17 point, point spread, is uh, Notre Dame at Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State minus 17, 630 on ABC. Stroud coming in as the Heisman favorite, returning Smith Najigba, but with a soft, soft ass defense, as we talked about. Notre Dame losing Brian Kelly, but hired the ultimate players coach in Marcus Freeman that I think the entire team absolutely loves. I think Notre Dame, they'll keep it tight. I don't know much about their team, I'll be honest. They will cover, they will not win. Yeah, I've heard they're pretty overrated. Um, I like Ohio State big in this game, making a statement on national television game or uh, week one. So I think Ohio State takes it by 21. And then Texas, ULM, I think we're 37 and a half point favorite right now, seven o'clock on the Unicorn Network. Um, <laughs> don't know much about ULM. They were pretty bad last year. They went four and eight. I do Warhawks. I thought it was the Red Hawks, but it's actually the Warhawks. Really? Yeah, I thought it was yeah, Red Hawks. Uh, they do return their quarterback Chandler Rogers. He's pretty damn big. He can't throw that well, but he can run and kind of get out of some stuff. He, I watched a few highlights. He was actually pretty good. They, their best receiver, and I'm not joking. This is his name. His name is Boogie Knight, Mister Boogie. I can't wait to hear that. Oh, we won't be at the game. Damn it, <laughs> Boogie Knight on the reception. Number uh, seventeen. He's uh, pretty solid. And then their middle linebacker, Zach Woodard. I think he transferred from Jacksonville State, I believe. He's by far their best defensive player I saw. Um, Yeah, from Jacksonville State. So, I'm hoping we cover. I think we do cover. I just want to see some competent O-line play. And how about just some some good, good tackling? How about that? And don't lose. I would say, well, good job clarifying that at the end. I just I think. want to make on the record. Most importantly, stay healthy. Uh, don't show too much of your offense so that Saban can then just destroy you next week. I think you win by 24. I don't think Ooh, you win by no 37. Ooh. Yeah, I don't like the 37 at all. Uh, but most importantly, stay healthy. Get some momentum offensively so you can try to put some points up versus Bama and then maybe establish – a few D-backs who can actually play. Uh, but, again, most importantly, stay healthy. We need to stay healthy as well, John, because we've got quite the weekend. Wait, before we dive into that, uh, we did not mention our favorite uh, cool. Cinderella of 2021, Midwestern State football. Oh, my God, the Mustangs. Yes, Coastang, hashtag Stang Gang. Uh, shout out to Marshall. Thank you for continuing your career at Midwestern State so that we can follow a program like Midwestern State. But they are playing September 3rd, which would be this Saturday. That's Saturday. <laughs> against uh, Colorado State Pueblo. All right. Fuck Colorado State. Yeah, they uh, – here we go, here we go. The Oh, the Fighting Thunderwolves. So hopefully, hoping for a win. I'd love to uh, follow that team again this year. Uh, I don't know if that quarterback that you fell in love with last year is still on the team or not, but I believe they're he... ranked number twenty fourth in the preseason poll. Well, we got a big game week two, Eastern New Mexico. I kind of remember that one being big. Yes, no, they were good. Yeah, so go uh, go Stangs. Look forward to watching and following. Hopefully, you're still listening, Marsh, and uh, good luck this weekend. Damn, Angela Four. State's number seven. More importantly, good luck to uh, to Stewart this weekend. I had a little bit of a 
jaunt trip to little trip to vegas going on for Stu's bachelor party so to all the guys who are listening to this uh podcast while they're on Dylan the sterling cole is back fifth year let's fucking wow. go you just don't want to talk about the vegas trip that's my fucking guy over under how many guys listen to this podcast on the way no. including one web <laughs> damn it <laughs> uh yeah so hopefully we get to do a second podcast this year if not that means stewart died this weekend you mean this weekend huh oh yeah and this weekend we'll try what's gonna how... happen is we're gonna record one and then we're gonna listen back to it and go there is no way in god's green earth that we can put that on the internet well uh we'll, we'll send it to our hr department to clear before oh, it goes on the hr on department's the on the shit list right now yeah we're, we'll work through it but everyone uh Prayer, prayer, I guess pray for Stu this weekend. It's going to be a good time and look forward to uh, all the celebrations. See you Friday. And we have a decent little game coming up next week. So we got to get ready for that. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will uh, see you all next week. See you, Vegas Web. <laughs> <laughs>